A wig. It's hot local singles. Welcome to Hot Local Singles. Latch Hookers Anonymous, alternative title. I'm Josh. <laughs> and I'm Juan. And I'm a latch hooker. Solemnly nods. I'm a latch hooker. It's true. A latch hook craze that no one asked for. And in many ways isn't actually happening. No, <laughs> it, the, it is happening. You think? There's a lot of closet latch hookers out there. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're inventing a new type of guy. A new type of guy, silently, yeah. quietly, in the shadows, latch hooking, making rugs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's Hot Local Singles. It's about pop music. Yeah, we're doing a Hot Local episode, but before that, we have to talk about our newest craze. Our newest hobby. Latch hooking, yeah. I purchased one of these, a bear-shaped latch hook rug thing of bleep. <laughs> internet giant retail website (laughs) Uh, spearheaded by a certain bald man and listen i was so happy i was posting updates on twitter and then last night i'm like okay i need to keep hooking my bear i'm gonna reach for the h color which is this like sort of like a darkish maroonish brown and i realized that i only have like 20 strands of fabric left and i have like 50 or if not 60 like holes for holes, it. yeah. And I look all over my house. I literally moved my couch. I looked like under the bed, everywhere, everywhere, and there's no more fabric. Mm. So, needless to say, I'm devastated. That that really sucks. Yeah, yeah. The lack of satisfaction there, because I find the repetitive mm-hmm. motion is so satisfying. Totally. Yeah. Why do we do this? Why do we like this? It's like so much better than my phone. You know. I think that's it. I started it because I was like, I need an activity, a hobby. I kept saying on this chat, I think I need a hobby that is not screen based. Yes. And listener, if you don't know what latch hooking is, um, I mean, like, I don't know either. (laughs) Yeah. Think knitting, but way less effort. No, it's more like tying knots. (laughs) Yeah. You're nodding. You're not actually sewing it. You're nodding with a tool. So it's not, it's not finicky really once you get the hang of it, but you tie these knots on a grid and then it creates kind of a, in some ways, pixel art image yeah i have a frog who's wearing like a bow tie so you're a right winger yeah oh it's so cute though it's more like kurobi sanrio than it is pepe or pipi (laughs) pipi i don't know actually yeah that's a good question (laughs) pepele pew i also got another one that's like a rainbow and a heart and a smiley face okay positive vibes And in Montreal, we, the people put like a rainbow on their on their front doors to say that things will be better, like COVID related. Oh, I've never like heard of that. Really? No. Oh, I'm going to take a picture next time I'm out. Yeah. I mean, it was more of a thing at the beginning of the pandemic when kids were staying home from school. So they would make like rainbow drawings and put it in the window. But oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's sweet. At first I thought it was like pride. Yeah. Gay kids. Like solidarity. <laughs> Juan's bear is so cute, sleeping in a little oh, cloud. Oh, so cute. So cute. He's so cute, and I love the colors. It's like light pastel blue, like the cloud, and then so many shades of brown. That yeah. is so cute. Yeah, there are some that are like a little more, not photorealistic, but like, yeah, there's gradients of color, whereas yeah. mine is like a little more cartoony, you know? Well, yours is smaller, so I feel like there's not enough room for like more depth of color, maybe? There's two greens, like skin oh, okay. tone and That's border. Good, yeah. So it's better than nothing, but 
<laughs> nude and bored. Yeah, frog nude. <laughs> well, we know of another gay who's who's hooking. We do. Well, many gays are hooking, but another gay who's latch hooking. By the way, when you say hooking, it reminds me of my friends from first year who would call hooking up hooking. That's deranged. And they would also say they were hung when they were hung over. And I was like, you oh, need to use words properly. Yeah. Wait, it's tra- straight people or what? Obviously. Obviously straight people. Yeah, you can't say hung. That's like code for, I mean, it means something code. else. It's like, <laughs> period. It means something else. Yeah. But yeah, we do know someone else who's hooking. Uh, Balking Treason, co host of Group Project Podcast. He's funny on Twitter and he hooks too. Hooking. He told me to um, clamp my latch hook grid onto the side of a table and then kind of like oh, yeah. dangle it and hook that way. I've just been doing it on my thighs, but like with my legs up a bit. I find that to be really uncomfortable, though. Legs up? No, what he does. Or, like, I don't find that. I think that would be really uncomfortable. Or I haven't done it. But. Well, I feel like you'd have to sit on the ground, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which yeah. I, I, guess that, I don't really love that concept, but yeah. I don't endorse sun's back for your back. Oh, yeah, it's all about back. Yeah, I got mine at Michael's, and all the string was included. Shut up. I'll say that. You need to rub it in. What <laughs> <laughs> a fucking bitch. Michael's is fully Christian, like... Pentecostal, it seems. Oh, really? Like, um, what's the thrift shop that is also Christian? Salvation Army. It's kind of more so. Like, there's a bunch of Christian magazines, and, like, obviously, Live, Laugh, Love culture is alive and well. Right. Hugely alive at Michael's. But they are the cheapest Lacho kits I could find, by far. And also, like, where else would you buy them? Like, literally, what other store sells them? That's the thing. Like, Amazon. But the thing with Amazon is sometimes it's like they're just reselling shit. Like, they had tons of Michael's ones I saw on Amazon. Oh, really? Just, like, marketplace sellers, yeah. Be careful, okay, Juan? Be careful out there, yeah. Be careful out there. Um, okay, so this is an arts and crafts podcast. It's called Holocaust Singles. <laughs> no, we do have... And today we're hooking. Okay, well, last thing, it's cool how latch hooking is fully ungentrified. Like, I feel like my kit was put together in the 70s. Obsessed. <laughs> the 70s and the 90s. Mine was put together in like Wuhan. In Wuhan. Kids. I can definitely tell, yeah. You know what? Not everything is artisanal. That's exactly what's so great about it, I think. Yeah. Not artisanal, not gentrified. It's just, it just is. <laughs> we literally are gentrifying it. Definitely. As we speak on it on our elitist coastal podcast. Snobby podcast. I think we would especially be gentrifying if we resold it at like a combination coffee shop convenience store. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's We're a great that. business plan. Yeah. yeah. You can make some money. Well, someone told us to sell it to sell it as merch. As how local singles merch. My finished froggy latch hook. If you're interested if you're interested, we should auction it for how local singles. Merch. Honestly, just take it off my hands. If there's one thing I don't like about <laughs> hooking, it's that what do you do with it after? You know? Right, right. I mean you can hang it. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a frog with a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where did that go? Like above your bed? <laughs> On my ceiling, so I never have to look away. <laughs> Imagine you bring a hole back home and then... Oh, <laughs> not a hole. <laughs> my parents listen to the show. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, They'll right. be like, you a top with a, with a hook? <laughs> with a rug? With a hooking rug? Oh, man. Anyways. Send us your hooking... But let's move on, yeah. Yeah, this is a music podcast. Yeah, we're, we talk pop music. Um, 
Now, we did an episode a few weeks ago when Sophie passed, and we were pretty emotional. That -hmm. episode was called Sophie's Moon. But I feel like now we have something else to talk about, you know? Like, there have been tons of think pieces about Sophie ever since, and none of them really hit any type of emotional spot for me or, like, emotional truth. But Mm -hmm. Vulture just published something called Sophie's Vision of the Future, And yes, we get tired of publications talking about the future when they talk about our favorite Mm. pop stars, but this one, to put it bluntly, was fucking star-studded. Like, fully a memorial is what it felt like. Tons of quotes. And it feels like the first real quality write-up on Sophie because it's not just one author describing their experience. It's it's like Sophie's brother, it's Kim Petrus, it's the owner of her first record label, Numbers, Slater, Shamir, Banafee, tons of people. Like, Charlie's not there, interestingly, but that's fine. But, yeah, I loved this article. Did you take a look? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> well, I have quotes for you, so I can read it to you. Okay, How about please. that as a bedtime story? Yeah. Literally middle of the day, but... Kim Petrus is in in it a lot, but here's a quote. I remember her saying, you carry the torch for the trans girls. And I was like, no, shut up. You do, bitch. (laughs) And she was telling a story of being in the studio recording one, two, three days up and how they were so excited about it at the time, her and Sophie dancing around the studio and how quickly it all came together. I mean, it, honestly, that song sounds like it came together quickly, but... <laughs> it's so funny to me when artists brag about, <laughs> oh yeah, we wrote that song in 10 minutes, bitch. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. Like, we like it, but obviously. Yeah. But I, I do think Sophie's music had a lot of that energy. Not all of it, but a lot of her collaborations, it seems, came together really quickly. Um, we don't have to talk about it too long because you didn't read it. But it's worth reading. And honestly, I read it in bed and it was kind of like a return to the scene of the crime of when I first found out Sophie died. Like that's how I found out about Sophie dying. I was just fully in bed, had woken up moments before it sucked. I did notice that the guys, some of the guys interviewed, made it all about them. (laughs) Like obviously Sophie and Slater were like um, very deferential to Sophie. I think that's the word. You mean Kim? What did I say? Sophie. Oh, I'm such a dumbass. Yeah, I mean Kim. <laughs> but Jimmy Edgar was interviewed too, and Umru was interviewed. And they kind of like make it about their own career. Oh, like no. their their quotes really stick out. It's cringe. It is cringe, yeah. They made it about like their experience with Sophie and Umru's like, I thought I would get to work with her one day. I don't know. It was just like very careerist. I was like, okay, well, moments after reading about like a real connection with Kim Petras. I was like, all right, you shouldn't have been interviewed, but. <laughs> yeah, I tried to read it when you sent it, but I immediately got hit with a um, paywall. Oh, did you? For Vulture? Yeah, I could oh. have done, I could have done Incognito, but I forgot right after. I think when, I think the way I read stuff is in Safari, like on the phone, and I have reader mode activated to turn on automatically, and it like, switches the page to text only before the paywall can come through. I think that happens, because I've noticed that with New York Times, too. Well, I use Chrome. Yeah, I do, too, but, like, it opens in Safari anyway, you know? Anyways, so that was Sophie's vision of the future. I guess we'll link it. 
if you need some more thoughts on Sophie, that's there for you. So should we talk about our first song? Yeah. Let's talk about some singles that came out this past, it's been a month since we did our local singles. Yeah. As usual, there was a lot of music that we had to cut out. So we narrowed it out to 10 songs. Yeah. We're getting so good at that though. And this first song mm. that we are going to talk about is called Spinning by No Rome with Charlie XCX mm-hmm. and the 1975. Is it the 1975? It is, yeah. yeah. The. Um, <laughs> the. So spinning, I mean, I don't know. This song is almost feel like it's not interesting enough to talk about, but we had to talk about it because it's Holocaust singles <laughs> and we're famously like big Charlie stands. Our mascot, yeah. Yeah. And it does feel like a left turn, or not a left turn, I don't know what I'm saying, just like a weird thing for Charlie to be doing. And by weird, I mean bad. I don't like this. Charlie's straight era. Yeah, I guess it's kind of that, yeah. You were saying it's so inoffensive, it's almost offensive. Yeah, that's, I think, the best way to describe it, yeah. I also think it's just too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, there's so much happening, nothing sticks out, nothing to really latch onto, nothing to nothing hook onto. Nothing sticks out. I think that's, like, actually it. It's, like, it's not even a wall. It is a bit of a wall of sound, but it's more yeah. of, like, this wave of sound, and there's nothing, like, the vocals are either, like, either maybe too drowned. Everything's yeah. just, like, there. Nothing, like... No, it's not. It's not good. It's too many people getting involved, in my opinion. Not a super group. Please end it, Charlie. <laughs> I think it has like commercial vibes. Like there was another song that came out this week by Tyler the, Tyler, the Creator. Mm. Like it was like a Coke commercial, and it has those vibes. Like the sort of like kids boppy vibe to it that it's just really jumpy. Really, like the whole family can listen to this together yeah, in right. the car. I didn't yeah, like it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't like, and I wrote this down specifically. There's in the chorus, there's like robotic, like really high, like kitty voice. Disgusting. Yeah. The thing is though, here's the thing. <laughs> um, AG Cook released a mix on SoundCloud. Tons of good remixes of songs on it, by the way. But he remixed Spinning and he strips it down. He makes it more like, I don't know, I'm going to say maybe more like a number one angel in energy yeah maybe more like pop too who knows it's great it's so much better the hooks like surface you know you can actually hear what the song is it's funny like it just proves how important production is especially with music like this that is not vocal like it's not folk music right (laughs) that's for sure so much about the vocals and like the guitar like the instrumentation actually this is all about the production yeah this kind of music I was listening to the 1975 after listening to this song because uh, Confession, I don't think I had ever listened to that band before. And I can see, I can see how the song is very that. I thought it would be like very electric guitar, boy rock music, but no, it's actually kind of electronic. Like the voice of the main singer always has a bit of like autotune to it, or like at least the two songs that I listened to. Mm. And in a way, this song is so like in between Charlie and 1975, but then yeah. it's uh, becoming nothing. I think it reminds me of what I didn't like about Charlie, like the album Charlie. Oh. In, in some way, yeah. I guess Charlie trying to do Charlie in a more straight way, yeah, in a more like like literally heterosexual way. It's like a lateral move, I think, for her career. Yeah. Like, it It has a connection to what we know about her, but I think she is kind of trying to grab a few more types of people, mm-hmm. which is the 1975 connection, I would say. Yeah, because the 1975 listener is probably 
the a kind of guy who self-describes as queer, has never kissed a man or let alone had a dick up his ass. I think it's girlies mostly for 1975. Really? I think so, yeah. Well, say that with girlies, like girlies who like, maybe I'm being really rude, but you know, like the kind of like really self-described queer, but not really like faggoty vibe. And by that, I don't mean like, just like very tender queer, I guess. Not okay. even tender queer, but like, oh my like a normie queer, normie queer. Like you're saying they queer. have a Tumblr account is what you mean. No, not even like a Pinterest account. Oh, <laughs> you're going full local. I guess I'm trying to say local. Yeah. That's what, that's why we have this binary. Yeah. The song is local. Yeah. So maybe she is like moving away from, I mean, you can't blame her though. As much as like gays gave her like a second life to her career, it's very limited. You don't want to be, you don't want to be just the gay songstress because that's really limiting, like financially and artistically. And they turn on you and they demand a lot and yeah, all that. Exactly. They will always turn on you no matter what. We will always turn on you. Yeah, so in a way it's just kind of stabilizing her career by um, totally collaborating. And she's always collaborated, but this does seem different. She does collab a lot, that's true. I mean, we're reading a lot into this. (laughs) I think it's true. I mean, she described it as a super group. It's a project she's continuing, from what I know. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not a one-off. So yeah, that makes sense. Did you listen to the A.G. Cook mix, though? Yeah, I listened to some of it. I listened to the remix of this. It sounded like a completely different song to me. Yeah, it sounded like a bop. It was bop forward. Yeah, it sounded so much better, yeah. Um, There was a new mix of All Right from 7G, the A.G. Cook song, Mm -hmm. that just, like, again, brings out the vocals. Um, it's the one with Tommy Cash and Caroline Polachek, if you remember that one. That's, that yeah. album had like 300 songs on it, but... Literally, I think literally that many. His girlfriend Alaska Reed has a song on there, remixed. Um, Show Me What Was Cecile Believe. Show Me What Cecile Believe was remixed to... So yeah, like A.G. Cook was doing singer-songwriter. I was trying to say this earlier, but I didn't connect with that as much. I know you did, for sure. A lot of people mm-hmm. really did. But... um. When I hear him remixing himself, it reminded me that's what I like about him. I like him as a remixer right. and as a producer, not for himself first, unfortunately. So I don't know. It just it felt so exciting. Like this mix is good. It's called um, Dream... Dream Logic. Dream Logic. It's fucking great. Yeah. If you have an hour, which I know you do, listener, give that a listen. Because um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there are no bops anymore. Like... Everyone's trying to be so serious, and especially A.G. Cook, that's how I felt about him last year. I was just a little bit put off, but I am back on the A.G. train, which feels good. No, I I loved A.G. I know. I loved it. Did you listen to Apple much? I feel like maybe you didn't. Not really. It was just too much for one year, but I feel like it was the same. Yeah, he put out a thousand songs. It was the same singer-songwriter thing he was trying. But I don't think it was singer-songwriter. Or just maybe like... I mean, it was very, like, guitar. Like, it was still interesting production sometimes, but... Right. I mean, he's fully singing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I guess I assume, like, I associate singer-songwriter with, like, more folksy vibes and more, like... Yeah. It was rocky, more, like... I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it was rock. It wasn't folk, but... And I also find it to be a gender term for some reason. Like, whenever I I hear singer-songwriter... Singer-songwriter. You think woman. Like a woman with a guitar, yeah. Okay, that's on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a reverse sexist. But anyways, this is local. And I think that your point about bops and taking music too seriously is a great segue onto our next track of the week. Amazing. A song that perhaps should have taken itself a tad more seriously. Yes. (laughs) 
And that is Slow Clap by Brooke Candy. Oh, I mean Gwen Stefani. <laughs> not Brooke Candy. No, I know. It's not like that's a really insulting to Brooke Candy. But listener, if you play the first five seconds of the song and you hear Gwen being clap, 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 clap. that gave me like the nasal part of it gave me so much Brooke Candy. Yeah, totally. No, that nasal part sucks. That intro. <laughs> Oh, no, Christian said this song sounded like the hamster dance. That's what he said. Okay, yeah. So slow clap. The intro sucks, the outro sucks, and the middle sucks. Horrible. This whole song is a mess. She's really laying claim to reggae. Like, she just won't let us forget yeah. that she did that one time. <laughs> and it's like, who is she to have such a big claim on reggae? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. When... <laughs> also, like, what does slow clapping mean? Am I the only one who, like, is now not sure what slow clap- clapping is? Like, I don't get why it's a full song. It's not clear to me what it's referring to. <laughs> I actually didn't think of, I didn't have time to think of it lyrically. Like, I didn't even <laughs> walk consider. into the, it's like, okay, it's, first of all, made for commercials, so it will be synced. Yeah. Like, no issue there. Yeah. She'll make her coin. But, I mean, yeah, I guess it's just kind of a meme, isn't it? It's kind of just like a song about a meme. I think. Oh, what's the meme? <laughs> like a gif that says slow clap. <laughs> what? Did you just make that up? No, I like depending on like which tweets you see, I feel like underneath them oh, you'll okay. see like a cascade of shitty local gifs. And okay, one of them okay, is okay. maybe like I'm making this up, but maybe like um Meryl Streep clapping slowly. Right. You know? At the Oscars? At the, yeah, yeah. Thing? It's an award show. And like pointing at the yeah. I'm thinking of that too. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's a mess of a song. It's a mess I don't think of a I've, song. I don't think I've heard anything this bad in ages. <laughs> and like that being said, like I think we were talking about it yesterday. And if you listen to it enough, it'll end up sounding good. But you can say that about almost any song out there. Not me. <laughs> clap to clap. I just, <laughs> I like listen to it and someone's like, okay, like this is not a complete train wreck. At least it has like some hooks at some point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can, you can imagine it being played places. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's playable, yeah. But you really have to like suspend not your disbelief, but your like sense of taste (laughs) for like a good three minutes for you to be able to enjoy it. I really wish she would stop doing this. I know. I've heard comparisons of Erica Jane. I mean, that's insulting to Erica Jane too, I think. I feel like Erica could whip together a better chorus. Yeah, I do. Totally. But it's just like, I don't get the reggae sound. Like, I don't understand why that's there and then the cover art is her wearing a cowboy look with basketballs around her it's like a digital collage i do like the cover so i can't fault her there i think there's like there's like school lockers behind her okay but what is that mixed messages (laughs) exactly it's like it's like the club future nostalgia just like yeah yeah. they found on on Photoshop, they just put it. Just oh put it no, there. I like the cover. I don't mind it. It's like a boombox. I don't get what the concept is. It like a cowboy is going back to school and she takes a basketball. I feel like if it sounded like how the cover looks, we wouldn't hate it so much. You know, like it would sound kind of country. Yeah, it should be more country. Actually, that's a great point. It should be swish swish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah, <laughs> a cover, ver- a country version of swish swish. Slow Clap should have had um, that guy, Skip Marley. (laughs) (laughs) 
Honestly, at this point, it would have been better. And that's why that's why it's such a mess, because it's like, it has reggae elements, but it doesn't commit to it at oh, all. Oh, God. It doesn't commit to any of its multiple elements. Yeah. It's like infinite elements. It just It's just everything at once. And it, then... It does commit to clapping. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of clapping. Clap, 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 clap. It sounds a bit like... Not musically, but spiritually, like happy by Pharaoh. I get it, yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that in my bones. This song could not be more local. Like, literally, this is why we invented the binary. For yeah, songs yeah. Like this one. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Gwen Stefani could be hot again on the binary? Could she release hot music? Oof. That's the, I mean, that's the question of the year, because the single before this... Let me reintroduce myself. Mm. Also, was a bit of a flop. I watched the video last night, and she like recreates a lot of her famous looks. Right, Kelly did that. Kelly Rowland did that in Kisses Down Low. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. I mean, it seems like she's lost the plot. She just has lost a lot of like taste. Yeah, and I think that it probably comes from being surrounded by Blake Shelton and all those like, and whatever comes with that. You know, it's like yeah, it's gonna be like. Middle America, like no edge, no taste, no nothing. So I don't think she is going to come back anytime soon. Next time I hear slow clap, it's going to be at Michael's, you know? Yeah, honestly, definitely, yeah. I don't even know. Fuck, it sucks. It's just depressing, actually. I also do resent, yeah, it actually is depressing. And this this goes to my point. I resent the fact that she's marketing this as a comeback. I know. I think she's like literally tarnishing her legacy because Gwen Stefani for like any millennial, maybe older Zoomer, she's like an icon. Like her 2000s output was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Speaking of tarnishing a legacy. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez is going full Latin mode. Latina. Latin core. Afro Money Latina? grab or legitimate artistic endeavor, I ask you. Um, I think the song we included is Adios, which is kind of the most commercial, mm-hmm. the most boppy. There's a hook that goes la, 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 la. That's how you know it's hot <laughs> local singles. That's how you know it's Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you know I can understand it. <laughs> it's cute. She has a whole EP of Spanish stuff out, mm-hmm. including a song with DJ Snake crickets classic tacky tacky yeah okay yeah so she's been doing latin for a minute but she's doubling yeah. down with this ep what did yeah. you think what did you think i think your initial question is the best way to frame this conversation is it like a legitimate artistic sort of like return to her roots or is it a money grab i fall more on the latter category and I'll explain why. Money grab. Money grab, yeah. I don't think Selena Gomez, a Mexican-American <laughs> woman born in the 90s, has any like actual cultural connection to reggaeton. Like mm. reggaeton is such a Puerto Rican genre. And also like people in other Latin American countries would have heard it in the 2000s if you grew up in those countries. Like reggaeton didn't make it to the States till like the 2010s. Mm. Sort of. Gasolina was around, but it was sort of like a one-off. It wasn't really till like Jay Balvin came around or like Bad Bunny. Like it's not something that her parents would have been playing in their living room when she was growing up. You know, it's not that. So in that sense, I find it to be a bit cynical. Like I don't think it's related at all to her Mm -hmm. heritage or her culture. It's very much like continuing the tradition of 
Mexican-American Salinas singing the language they cannot actually speak. <laughs> I want to get dragged for dragging Selena Quintanilla, but whatever. I mean, I don't know. I think this is like classic first-gen Latino versus like Latin American conflict. Right. Of like, you don't actually speak the language. So I cannot imagine you wrote the song. So I cannot imagine that they have like any like artistic meaning to you if you didn't even write the songs. I doubt she wrote that. She wrote them. The subtext being, of course, that Latin songs stream incredibly well mm-hmm. on Spotify, of course, but also on YouTube. YouTube is like the Latin streaming service of choice. I just learned that recently, actually, like the other week. Carol G has one of the most streamed songs ever. See, that's insane. In the Spotify ecosystem, insane. you would never assume that. You would never even guess yeah, no. that. It's definitely not her genre, but it kind of suits her. Like she can do anything. It always sounds fine to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for that song, um, Wolves. Oh, ew, she did that, yeah. Oh, that song. Who was it with? Like uh, One of those guys. Whatever, yeah, I don't care. I remember that. I remember the cover art, too, being so disgusting. It was disgusting, yeah. It was like one of those wolf yeah. shirts, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then I had a wolf shirt that was the cover art for that song. I got it, like, <laughs> as a joke, but then I was like, wait, this song is so bad, and people <laughs> like that song and will talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, people will be like, so you're a selenator? I do wonder if her breathy, I like, I love her breathy vocals. I think that's my favorite thing about Selena. Mm. But in reggaeton, they do sound weird. It's such a, like, a drum-heavy genre. Right. Like, Carol G is not breathy at all. Like, women in reggaeton are not very breathy. But, I mean, it could work. I don't know. No, you're right. It it was a different sound. I did pick up on that. She has very thin vocals. Exactly, that's it, yeah. It's funny, because you've been, we've been talking off-pod about our vocals, <laughs> our vocal oh, yeah. performance on this here mm-hmm. podcast. And um, you were listening to an old episode called In the Six Just Chillin' or something when we yeah, were both in the same... Really old ones, yeah. Really old, like 2019, when we were both together. And back then I was leaving in way more bass in our voices mm-hmm. in the editing process. And I guess I've like grown to prefer a louder sound, you know, that like can be and kind of cut through city noise. That's kind of Mm -hmm. how I judge the quality of a podcast mix. But you were saying like the intimacy is something you kind of miss, like the richness, the the depth Mm -hmm. of the voice. And it's true, like Selena Gomez does not have that. Does not have that. She's not known to have that though either. No, she's not. Which is interesting because I feel like at the end of the day with pop music, you can create that out of scratch. You know what I mean? Just bring in... Bring in a background vocalist, yeah. do a couple of tracks with her. De- very that, definitely, yeah. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, totally. she's very much the star of the EP. So if she was ever, like, insecure about her voice, she isn't fucking now, you know? like Yeah. But she and Justin have been flailing around a bit to me, and I think it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, like, they've reached a point in their careers, maybe similar to Charlie, actually, where they have to make a move, like mm-hmm. a specific something to make themselves relevant because they're not making it. No one's moving nowadays when Selena releases. Like, no one gives a fuck. Like, her fans do, obviously, but the general public doesn't. But from what I see on social media, she's so, like, white. Hmm. Like, her friends are all those, like, L.A., Petra Collins, like, vibe of, like, just, like, white, artsy people. Mm -hmm that I just don't see how this squares with her. Like, she literally has a show on HBO Max where she, like, cooks. No way. 
Yeah. I don't know. I just, that's why I'm like a bit cynical, feeling a bit like, this is a bit cynical. And like, obviously she's allowed to sing in Spanish. Her parents probably spoke to her in Spanish or whatever. I just find it to be like, it reminds me, I told you this earlier, like when Christina Aguilera recorded her albums in Spanish, when America's Next Top Model has a challenge where the girls have to like read the phonetic sounds of a word. It sounds like that. That's so funny. The Christina Aguilera mm. comparison is scathing. That entire <laughs> re-recording of her first album, I think, in Spanish. Yeah. See, yeah. that's clearly cynical money grab. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you could not like, you could not play off of her last name more than releasing a <laughs> Spanish cover album. It's like very, okay, Aguilera. Yeah, I get it. And I'll give Selena this. It is an original work. It, she did do it only for like Spanish, like for the Latin audience. So yeah. we'll give her that. Yeah. Or like when Beyonce re-recorded Irreplaceable. I know. That's a little, like one song is one thing. The Christina album is funny though. The full yeah. re-recording of like shitty filler songs in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce did... Irreplaceable, but also I think the her Shakira song had a Spanish version too, if I remember correctly. Mm. Oh, and then Rihanna did um, Tiamo. I fucking love that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just full crossover. Wait, that's not that's not pandering <laughs> to me. Lady Gaga has that. I'm like, now I'm going through stars. Spanish Lady songs. Gaga has never done that. Yeah. No. Alejandro. It's a very 2000 <laughs> thing. People don't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, Avril. <laughs> Well, Avril just cast like really white net. She was like, no, I said, language. I said Alejandro for Gaga. Oh, Alejandro. I thought he said Avril Lavigne because <laughs> girlfriend, she'd recorded girlfriend in like every language. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alejandro. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Spanish. <laughs> that's classically <Sure>. a Latin work. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite Spanish song. Okay. Next song. <laughs> but this is local. Wow. We've gone local, 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 three That's for three. for sure. And we have another one coming right up. Our girl, <laughs> our second mascot of the pod, Tanache. She covered yeah. I'm Every Woman for some kind of compilation produced by Toki Monster. How do we talk about a song like I'm Every Woman by Tanache? Um, respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said this, so I don't want to steal your... Sp- you're talking point, but it sounds similar to Disclosure. Let's say that. It's a knockoff of Disclosure, yeah. I don't think... I feel like I thought Toki Monster was better than this, but yeah, it's really not working. It's somewhere between Keitronata and Disclosure, but like really offbeat. It's like really off kilter, and it just isn't working, mm-hmm. especially with Tanache's vocal style, which is like a bit all over the place, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually hadn't heard her sing like this before, I don't think. For me, it's like in my mental Rolodex, like I've heard it before, but it's a little bit <laughs> shocking to hear her hit so many notes at once. <laughs> exactly. Uh, at once. Yeah. Like her vocal runs are, she's so acrobatic, but like when you mix every primary color, you actually just get brown. Brown! <laughs> <laughs> Shady Brown. Wait, that's the that's the call. That's the shade I'm missing for my frog. Oh shit. Just ask Tanache. She sings brown. The way she hits so many notes. It's like I don't yeah, know. It's like just everything at once, totally. I also was listening to the um, Shaka Khan and Whitney versions last night. Yeah. And I will give it this. It is like an update of like Shaka Khan is very of its time then the 90s cover is very of its time and this does the same it really updates it to like the musical landscape of the 2010s not even 20s yeah yeah like the disclosure vibe so I'll give her that and it proves how timeless the song is I just don't know if it was necessary 
Sinashe, we need to come back. This isn't it, and that's okay. This isn't it. So this is a bit, I mean, it's hard to say local. It's like probably rude. It's pretty easy to say local for me. <laughs> In fact, okay. it's never been easier. <laughs> four for four, listener. Scathing week. Four for four, yeah. Locality <laughs> popping off. Locality. We have something different, though, now. We have Smurz, spelled S-M-E-R-Z, a duo, I believe, Scandinavian. They sing Two very girlies. sweetly, and they do kind of like Baroque pop, you know, which yeah. is a very triggering phrase and sound for me, <sighs> dating back to my teen years of like stars and arts and crafts record label. Mm. They have an album called what? Believer. Yeah, we're talking Believer, which was a single from a little while ago. Oh, I listened to the whole album. Did you too? I listened to some other tracks, yeah. Not like front to back, but I was like skipping through it, yeah. I listened all the way through. Believer's not my favorite song, I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't think so either, yeah. It's okay. I gave Rain a hard and flashing. I love flashing. I love Rain, exactly. Those are the standouts, easily. Flashing and Rain are stunning. I think Mm -hmm. we'll put those in the playlist, in fact. Yeah, instead of Believer, yeah. And also, I put a rap interlude as the first song on the Hot Local Singles radio edit playlist. Because I just think it's like funny and the most clever song on the entire album. It's like 34 seconds. <laughs> I love that song. I'm like playing it right now into my ears and like their voices. <laughs> it's fully ASMR. They're European. They're yeah. very European. It's, it's so hard to listen to this kind of music and not think immediately like Fever Ray, like mm. The Knife, Bjork, you know, just the accent. The accent is Gives, evocative. Yeah. yeah. It really colors the entire thing, I think. But overall, um, Baroque pop is really not my scene. Baroque pop is... Pope. <laughs> the Baroque Pope. The Baroque Pope. Oh my God. Not Mr. Orzo again. Oh my this, God. This, <laughs> this genre of music um, is something that I normally really, really enjoy. But yesterday we were describing this album as being like impenetrable, I think is the word I used. Yeah. There's something about it that even though I recognize it as good quality music makes it hard to really get into it. I don't think, Hmm. I just think it's, I mean, it's obviously very dark because the way that I would describe it, like I always overuse spooky on this podcast. I don't think it's spooky, but it has like dark. It's moody, it's dark. Yeah, it's exactly, yeah. It's maybe a little self-serious. I think that's that's it. And also just too, too, (laughs) they don't let me in. It's not inviting. There's nowhere. It's opaque. I love using the word opaque, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing about this project that makes me want to come back to it musically that much, you know? I like I think conceptually it works better than it does musically. Yeah. And maybe it needs a few more melodies that are like hook, hooky, you know? Something like that. I think so. Yeah. But the ones we mentioned, rain and flashing, are uh, like fairly immediate, especially in the context yeah. of the whole album, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy with those. And I appreciate the existence of this in the music landscape. No one's doing mm. this kind of music. So it's uh, Yeah, what other like what happening. other baroque pop is happening right now? I, I it feels like a really dated um concept at this point. I would say no, because it's it, it always comes back like ever yeah. since like Kate Bush, you know, it like has waves and stuff. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I would say like Nowadays, maybe Perfume Genius is the only other person who's doing this kind of music. Great point. Yeah, great point. A blind spot for me. Yeah, you don't you don't really listen to that that often. Maybe really. Jesse no, Jesse Lance has way more electronic than pop. Yeah. It's a good point though. In a way, similarly minimal. Yeah, Jesse Lanza. Very minimal, yeah. 
I think this is hot though. I'll give this a hot. Yeah. Like I don't think it's my favorite music, but it's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for the average listener. It is hot and that's that. So Smurfs, come on, hot local singles. We just want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to fight. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my God, we've only made it through five singles. Insane. Insane. <laughs> We're literally one hour into recording. Wow. Let's take a break. I'm going to get more coffee. Yeah. Okay. Listener, we'll put on some elevator music or something. thing on the docket is an album that i wasn't released but that leaked oh yeah and i think i'll have to take the lead on this because i don't think josh is listen too much of <laughs> i okay my homework was to listen to white dress mm-hmm. and of course we're talking about the lana del rey album that leaked chemtrails over the country club cock cock so i was supposed to listen to white dress because it sounds different than her entire career thus far yeah. would you say that's right it sounds like Yep. I've heard Joni Mitchell, it sounds like. What else would you say White Dress sounds like? I vocally immediately thought Joni Mitchell. I think the comparison to Joni Mitchell is easy just because there's a, a literal Joni Mitchell cover on the album. Okay. And Lana, since Lust for Life, has been hinting at being inspired by like Laurel Canyon vibes. Like, like So yeah, Joni Mitchell, Emily, Emmylou Harris, uh, just like 70s folk alternative folk singers is the vibes that she's giving us these days i would say got it um, and this album is like digging her heels deeper into that vibe you know say goodbye to the lana of tropico say goodbye to born to die and like welcome the more folky lana and white dress is like the biggest example of that i think especially vocally it sounds insane like she's doing this vocal technique that not only have i not heard lana do before but i don't think anyone is this like sort of like almost parody version of what <laughs> folk sounds like oh. you know like super i don't think it's actually a parody i just think she's like taking it to this like crazy extreme where she's like super breathy super high and then the melodies are like they're so not they're so folky and i feel like sometimes folk melodies can be a bit hard like they're not necessarily like the easiest to listen to you know, like when you listen to, if you listen to a Joni Mitchell album for the first time, you probably won't like it. Mm, right. Depending on what you've been exposed to in the past. Like, but if you're someone, say you're like a listener who's maybe young and hasn't had any exposure to Joni Mitchell, I think the first reaction to it would be like, oh, this doesn't sound like pop, traditional, straightforward melodies. Should I play a little bit of White Dress? Yeah, please. The music conference part is so crazy. Wait, this. <laughs> it's like, girl, what are you doing? I love it, personally. I mean, wow, that is great. That sounds fucking yeah, beautiful. Atlantis is like, what the fuck is that? And I sent it to, I sent it to Sierra. She was like, this is like, she was like, this is avant-garde. I was like, I wouldn't say avant-garde, but it's definitely like Lana experimenting in a way that I don't think anyone was expecting her to be doing. That's cool. Um, no, I'm into it. Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. that a lot more than I was expecting. Have you ever been to a music business conference? I have. <laughs> yeah, have you really? So boring, yeah. Conferences are boring, though. 
Conferences are general. boring, famously. It's all about booths. Booth core. Oh, I, I'm picturing, I literally was watching It's a Sin last night, and they have that episode where they do, like, a conference, too, and they have, like, a country booth. It's, like, science fur kind of vibes. Huh. Anyways, this is so off topic. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, and I loved every second of that show, but anyway, It's, like, a five-second scene, so yeah. Okay, that's okay. I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, Kim chose over the country club, White Dress. I mean, White Dress has been described by people on Twitter who have listened to the leak as, like, one of her best in, the, in her career. I think it's... Yeah. Just very refreshing, very like no one was expect no one expects an artist who's like what eight, seven albums in to do something so left field but still within her wheelhouse. Like yep. it sounds like an Lana Del Rey song ultimately. But she is like experimenting so much with her vocals. And I would say that it's like very Lana to do that. Even when she was coming out, she she's very Nikki in the sense that she loves to do a voice. If it's a baby voice or like a deep like feed don't fail me now kind of life she loves to like play up a character vocally and this is kind of an extension of that but definitely pivoting more to like serious i think she's so desperate and i think this is her leo moon she's so she really wants to be respected and i think that's a bit behind this like turn towards folk music Mm. i think cock just marks like her departure from pop. I think she's done with pop and I can't blame her for it. And I think she's just going to go into singer songwriter territory. And this, if the cock is in the like sign of what she's going to be doing in the future, that's that. I'm overall the album. I'll keep it brief. I could go on for hours, but <laughs> I think the album is, I really, 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 really like it. Like I came into it thinking I was going to hate it because I hated the singles. Right. Let Me Love You Like a Woman is probably one of my least favorite Lana Del Rey songs ever, period. I think it's so boring. I think it's like, it goes nowhere. It just like meanders around for three minutes and you're like, oh, that happened. I think Kim Tours Over the Country Club is not her best at all. Like people like it and it's definitely better than Let Me Love You, but it's not good. I like, I just don't think it's that interesting. Mm-hmm. But then coming into it with songs like White Dress, Wild at Heart, I'm just saying the ones that are like Dark But Just a Game. Dark But Just a Game is so good. Mm-hmm. Um and not all those who wonder that like Lord of the Rings reference threw me off a bit, but um, those songs I think are like really fucking cool. And I was not expecting that. I was not expecting her to come back with such a like exciting energy. Like she feels wild again. This is like, mm. it reminds me of Honeymoon and Ultraviolence a bit, which are obviously not wild albums, but they're like albums of someone who was just playing, experimenting and doing shit that, doesn't it's not perfect but sounds more exciting like mm. I mean, nfr is her best album sure let's say that i think ultraviolence is her best album but as an objective music critic let's say nfr is her best album it's the most like top to bottom cohesive sophistication on point mm. unique confident <laughs> and has great karma club another club, another club. <laughs> buzz plain plain buzz buzz <laughs> like here, what I'm seeing is that she's moving away from, like, the straight-up beauty. Like, NFR is straight-up beautiful, sublime. You play hit, and you're, like, you play, you hit play, and you're, like, hit by, like, beautiful melodies. You're, like, transported to, like, this, like, beautiful realm, blah, blah, blah. This is a bit more, like, challenging. It's a bit less accessible, but I think it's what I love about Lana. It gives me ultraviolence, not sound-wise, but energy-wise. It gives me that, like, roughness that, like, I'm, like... Like White Dress reminds me so much of Cruel World in the sense that it's like an album opener that is just completely unhinged. It's like Lana doing some crazy shit. Um, 
but it's just like beautiful, like a highlight in her career. Hmm. So yeah, I'm like very, 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 very pleasantly surprised by Cock and really happy that this came. And and now I'm like, oh, 100% behind her move away from pop. I'm like, girl, just do you. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's mid-career artist. You kind of, like what we were saying earlier about Selena, at the point in your career, you're not going to hit the charts the same way that when you came out because your sound is no longer unique. You're no longer like, there's so much novelty in the music industry. There's so much like fetish for what's new. I want put in a career that's going to fade out. And so what do you do next? And I think Lana is just fading into like singer, songwriter. Something that I noticed about this album too, is I think she's going to become less strict with her eras. Mm. Like I feel like Honeymoon, Ultraviolence, all that were very strictly separated. This album has songs that were recorded in sessions for Ultraviolence, for mm-hmm. Lust for Life, for Anufar. So I don't know. It's just going to be like, I think, just like a more compilation of songs rather than like a cohesive era. I don't think it's her best album. As I said, I think if you're like a music critic, Anufar would be that. If you're like a Lana stan, I think Ultraviolence will be your favorite or Honeymoon. But this is a welcome addition to the universe of LDR. Cute. And we stand. Um, I read a fan saying they thought it was unmastered. What do you say to that? Because it is a leak after all. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's unmastered. I think it's just the folky vibe. Just kind of simple, minimal. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, because there's songs like Tulsa Jesus Freak that do sound very mastered. Okay. They sound yeah. like um, the one with autotune. Did you listen to that one? No. Yeah. It has autotune, which also where people were shocked about. That's crazy. I need to listen. Very I'm tastefully. Gonna... Okay. Good to hear. I'm going to listen when yeah. it comes out officially on yeah. my service of choice. So um, I know everyone's dying to hear my take on this album. <laughs> <laughs> Said with sar- Josh sarcasm. Josh is famously not, not a huge Linus then. But if, you, if, you're, f- Go if ahead. you're a fan of the pod, you know. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. But I will listen to it when it comes out, and I will um, support her with my streaming coin, and I will get back to you. How about that? Well, you're going to support her more because I've been playing the leak. You've been, like, rinsing it to death. (laughs) You're going to be done with it by the time it comes out. No, literally. I think that's going to be the case. I've listened to it so much that I think by the time it comes out, I'm not even going to give her a real stream. You'll buy buy it, it. won't you? You'll buy it? I'll probably buy it. Yeah. I bought, I've only owned one of her records though. I only own Norman. I don't, I've never bought the other ones. On vinyl or iTunes? Yeah. Okay. Vinyl. Yeah. Do you have a record player? Mm-hmm. Is it yours or a boyfriend? It's mine. Huh. But the, I know it's all mine actually. The speakers are mine. The record player is mine. But he has like a thousand records. So. I almost like Whereas, don't see vinyl for you. Yeah. I could yeah, be, I could weird. be vinyl. I could be vinyl. I could be vinyl. I just find it um, expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I move a lot. I've moved a lot, historically speaking. So yeah. that kind of, it doesn't work practically. I'm a nomad. I feel like I move a lot too. And I mean, I haven't in a minute, but I'm dying to. And that's part mm. of why I didn't buy, like, anyway, I was going to talk about those Bowflex dumbbells again, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also why you probably don't collect vinyls and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I have my old CDs that who God knows what I'm going to do with them, but I know. Yeah. I just don't want more shit. Like I'm trying to get rid of stuff, if anything. Yeah. Maybe it's no way to live though. Maybe I should collect, you know, full hoarders. I think, 
Yeah, no, but that's also another way to live, though. I mean, if you have a home that you're going to stay, sure, collect, go hoarders, but otherwise it's like... Picket fence, yeah. husband, kid, dog, another club, another club, another club. <laughs> dog, another dog, another dog, <laughs> another kid, another kid, another yeah. kid. <laughs> that's what Lana is like. This bitch has, I think, I'm not this bitch, this respectable woman has been out in the scene for like 10 years, and this is her like eighth album. Girl, take a break. That's <laughs> one thing I will say. I was, that the reason why I was like, not excited for this is because she did an interview with um bbc annie whatever Mac. her name is yeah any the and, she's, <laughs> and she, alana admitted that a lot of the album maybe this way it sounds unmastered a lot of the album jack antonov was busy with i'm assuming taylor swift mm. so he wasn't able to do a lot of it so she was kind of suggesting that she had just released it because it was ready but not necessarily oh. like fully perfected just not like jacked off. <laughs> yeah, jacked off. Exactly. Literally. I mean, that's. A, I mean, Taylor yeah. had the monopoly on Jack Antonoff last year. Yeah, that's a lot I mean, of content. Two albums, and I call like, it content, like, not albums. Like, <laughs> you know, hater. Yeah. Well, we know that. But yeah, so I think it it is like roughly produced. I think it works with the vibe, just because like when you listen to like a Cat Power, Joni Mitchell album, it's not going to be like, it's not lush Lana. It's not going to be tropical vibes or like. Sounds like you're in a movie. No, it's mm-hmm. going to be more like guitar thin production, but I think it works. I oh, think I can't wait a, to hear it now. You got me excited, which is hard. It's hard. And you're not going to like, you don't like folk music. I mean, I don't like Taylor Swift. Like that's, that's a key oh, distinction. Yeah, but that's different. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, it's not that. I liked White Dress. So I, it seems promising to me, honestly. I recommend for you specifically Dark But Just a Game because it has like percussion Yep. And it is the most like lushly produced. Love me some drums. Real drum head here. Yeah, good for Lana. I mean, I'm back on my, I renewed my stand card. All the haters that are calling her Karen, I'm going to start defending her again. <laughs> Listen, this is a true artist in yep. our midst. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Okay, Lana, thank you. Thank you. Come on, come on, Holocaust Single. Yeah, we have to say that for every artist now. <laughs> Keep it even. <laughs> We just want to talk. <laughs> yeah, we just want to talk. <laughs> okay. More singles. More singles. And then a little later, we're going to quickly do a roundup of the Danielle Harrell album, Harlcore, mm-hmm. and the Madison Beer album, Bottom Text. <laughs> <laughs> Madison Del Rey. Madison Del Rey. But this was a long episode. We're coming mm-hmm. from the future now, me and Juan. <laughs> we're going to play you the second half. Later this week, we're going to be talking singles by St. Vincent, Twin Shadow, Serpent with Feet, Dizzy Faye, and the new Disclosure remix of Doja Cat. So a bit of an indie segment, one could say. Partially. Coming up on Wednesday, everything's on Patreon already now, including the pre-show. So an extended cut for you. Mm -hmm. It was a long-ass episode, and we had fun the whole time, didn't we? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it's only halfway through, so... We cackle in this next we cackle. half. Yeah. This is the future, so I know exactly what happens yeah. in the next episode. And it's really funny. Yeah. So listen to that. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.